Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for another opportunity to uh, have a meeting with you. We trust Almighty God that you will speak like never before to our hearts and that your name will be glorified in all that we do today. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Today we are going to start a Bible study, as it were, on the book of Haggai. So let's just read Haggai chapter 1, verse 1. Haggai chapter 1, verse 1. In the second year of King Darius, in the sixth month, on the first day of the month, the word of the Lord came by Haggai the prophet to Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, saying, As we begin the study on the book of Haggai, we want to take cognizance of its context or the setting in which the book is written. Haggai was a prophet in Judah, and he was one of those who returned with Zerubbabel and Joshua after they were allowed to go from the kingdom of Persia. So Haggai's contemporaries were Zerubbabel, Joshua, and Zechariah the prophet. If you look at the Bible, you'll discover that after Haggai is Zechariah. So they were contemporaries in that same time. To be able to look at where Haggai was coming from, we will need to read the book of Ezra from chapters 1 to 6, but we're not going to do that in this study. But I'm going to tell the story of what led up to where Haggai began to speak. After King Cyrus had released the Jews and asked them to return to their homeland, he also gave them enough money and resources to rebuild the temple. And in rebuilding the temple, the first thing, of course, they needed to do was to build an altar where they continued to worship God pending when the temple was to be built. And when they set about laying the foundation of the temple, the inhabitants of Samaria wanted to join them in the building. But the returning Jews refused and said that the temple was the temple of God and they alone were to build the house of God. And this made enemies for them. The people who said they wanted to join them to build, when they refused, now began to write letters against them to the new king, who was now Darius. And as a result of the letter they had written to Darius, Darius ordered that they should stop the work. And in stopping the work of the building of the temple, the enemies went there and forcefully stopped the work. When the work of the building of the temple ceased, the people decided to go about building their own houses. And as they were building their own houses, there was no opposition. So they continued with life as usual and had abandoned the building of the temple. It was at this time that God began to speak through Haggai and Zechariah. I'll read Ezra chapter 5 verse 1 and verse 2. Then the prophet Haggai and Zechariah, the son of Ido, prophets, prophesied to the Jews who were in Judah and Jerusalem, in the name of the God of Israel, who was over them. So Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, and Jeshua, the son of Josedach, rose up and began to build the house of God, which is in Jerusalem. And the prophets of God were with them, helping them. So we see that God was interested in the building of the temple, and he used a prophet to let his intentions known. If we go back to Haggai chapter 1 verse 1, we will now see how God spoke to Zerubbabel and Joshua through Haggai. The Bible says that the word of the Lord came to Haggai and through Haggai the prophet 
to Zerubbabel, the governor, and Joshua, the high priest. So we find here a triangle of sort. We have God speaking to Haggai at the top of the triangle, and then we have Zerubbabel at one end of the triangle and Joshua at the other end of the triangle. And within that triangle are the people. So we see how God communicates with us. He speaks through a prophet, and then he speaks through the prophet to the leaders. He speaks through the prophet to the leader in terms of civil life and to the leader in terms of spiritual life. And then, of course, the leaders, both spiritual and civil, will now put to practice those things that God has told them, and the people are blessed by it. In Hosea chapter 12, verse 13, the Bible reads this, By a prophet the Lord brought Israel out of Egypt, and by a prophet he was preserved. So God has traditionally used prophets to give direction to his church. The work of the prophet is not necessarily to give prophecy about what will happen. The work of the prophet is to speak on behalf of God to those concerned. A prophet cannot just look at what is happening and then say he's speaking. A prophet speaks only because the word of God has come to him. And when the prophet speaks, he cannot force the people that he's speaking to. He can only speak the word of God. So we find in this triangle, the prophet, the prince, the priest, and the people. Before Jesus Christ came on the scene, when John the Baptist began to preach as a prophet, he spoke to the prince, he spoke to the priests, he spoke to the people. John the Baptist challenged King Herod for taking his brother's wife. He challenged the Pharisees and the Sadducees when they came to his baptism. He said, you brood of vipers who had warned you of the judgment that is to come. And then he spoke to the people that they should turn from their sins and come to God. The work of a prophet is not a glamorous job. The work of a prophet is to express the mind of God to people. When God is unhappy with people, the prophet is to tell them, God is not happy with you. A prophet cannot just wake up and say, because he wants people to be happy, he will tell them that God is happy with you when God is not happy with them. The prophet is essentially a messenger who must speak the word of God faithfully. He cannot add to it. He cannot subtract from it. Because of this, generally speaking, prophets are not very liked people. People are not very happy with prophets. And generally speaking, prophets do not have many friends. Having said that, it must be understood that the prince still has his role of governance. The role of the prince is to ensure that civil life continues without people acting contrary to God. In modern times, the prince will be the people like the president, the prime minister, the heads of governments of various nations. Even those nations that are not Christian, even those leaders who, who don't even know God, it is God who appointed them. It is God who walks through them. That is why the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 13 that we should obey them. The same thing is repeated in 1 Peter chapter 2, I think around verse 17 or 18 thereabout. As a result of all of this, it is important that we recognize that God recognizes leaders on the earth, even though they may not be Christians. In fact, in 1 Timothy chapter 2, 
from verse 1 to verse 4, the Bible tells us to pray for our leaders, to pray for our civil leaders. It says we should, we should pray for them so that they can enable us to live peaceable lives. Indeed, many of them don't know God, but as we pray for them, some of them may actually turn to God. So it is our job as believers to pray for leaders of nations. By extension, if there is a problem in a country, we must look at the Christians in that country. If there is a problem and the Christians are not praying, then the Christians are responsible for that problem. That is why the Lord said, when he was teaching on prayer, he said, pray that your will be done on the earth as it is in heaven. As we pray to God concerning his will on earth being done, what we are doing is asking God to come and sort out the nation where we are. Christians are put in a locality, in a community, to make sure that the presence of God is in that locality or community or nation. And it is not about how many Christians, but how faithful and effective and partnering they are with God. So we must recognize that the princes in our nations, the leaders in our nations, are ordained by God. Whether they are Christians or atheists, they are ordained by God. And we must pray for them. And then we look at the third leg of the triangle, the priests. The priests are God's representative in terms of spiritual things. They are the ones that give direction on spiritual matters in a land. The Bible tells us in Revelation chapter 1 verse 6 that we, the Christians, are a kingdom of priests. So in a sense, we have been called by God in our various communities to give spiritual leadership to the people. In order to do that job, we must be allied with God. We are not supposed to crisscross each other's roles. That is, a prophet should not play the role of a prince and a prince should not play the role of the priest. The Bible tells us once about how King Uzziah wanted to usurp the role of the priest by going to burn incense in the temple. And when the priest challenged him, he refused. In fact, he got angry and then God broke on him and he became a leper. And unfortunately, King Uzziah died a leper because he was trying to usurp the role of the priests. Now, what is the lesson for us here? Whatever God has called you to do is your assignment. Focus on it and do it. Don't try to do what God has not called you to do. And whatever God has called you to do, he will equip you to do it. Once in a while, we can be asked to play a role, but that doesn't mean that that is an assignment. For example, Paul wrote to Timothy and asked Timothy to do the work of an evangelist. But he did not mean that Timothy should become an evangelist. Whenever there's a shortage in staffing, Sometimes you ask some people to do more than the job that they have been employed to do. So sometimes if you are in a place where you are the only one or the few people who are there are not capable to do that job, you might end up having to do a lot. But over time, God will send help. And then you must now remove your hands from doing those other things and focus on your primary assignment. It is important that we recognize what God has called us to do and we focus on that assignment. As I close, I want to read Romans chapter 12. And I'm going to read from verse 4 to verse 8. Romans chapter 12 from verse 4 to verse 8. 
For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function, so we, being many, are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Or ministry, let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. So we see that each person has been given a gift to perform certain assignments in the church. Each person's assignment is to help to build up the church. Therefore, let us learn to focus on what God has called us to do. One of the things that we need to do right away is to go and ask God for what he wants us to do in the body of Christ so that we can then play our role as we should play and be building up the body of Christ. So we will pause here and by the grace of God, next time we will look deeper into the book of Haggai and learn one or two things that God wants to teach us therein.